In this episode, we take a look at the ancient pagan sabbat of the summer solstice. We look at how many different cultures celebrated and saw this, the symbolism and rituals from different parts of the world, and how you can celebrate this energy in your modern day life. Let's talk about what intuition really is. Let's look at all the places intuition and ego show up in your life. Let's share honestly. Let's do the research. I'm Jamie Hayhurst. I'm Heather Wood. This This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay. Hey. We are going to talk about the summer solstice today. Perfect timing. I love me a summer solstice. I know you do. I even wore a flowery shirt yep. in celebration of it. Well, that's your thing anyways. I mean, kind dress, of. Dress for the occasion. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I do it by accident. I know. But yeah. Okay. So the summer solstice mm-hmm. is also known as Midsummer. Yes. Lithia, Vestal, Gathering Day, All Couples Day, Feast of Aponia, and mm-hmm. so many other names. Yep. It's basically when the sun is in shining light into the world for the longest part of the day. Correct. Consider the longest day of the year, just meaning there's the most light in that day. Right. Yes. Okay. The sun is also considered the most powerful on the summer solstice energetically. Right. People get confused because they're like, well, it gets hotter. Right. Yes. As you go on into summer, it does get hotter. Yes. Yes. Not what that means. No, this is about like energy. Yes. And then just a reminder that it is celebrated in like around June 21st. Mm-hmm. We say around because it's actually just when the sun does its thing, which doesn't always fit into the Gregorian calendar. calendar. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's around that date. Mm-hmm. And in the Southern Hemisphere, it's at the opposite time of the year. So right. that's the Northern Hemisphere version. Right. So same thing, just flip Flipped. the wheel of the year a little yeah. bit. Okay. So this time of year is all about the imagery of a very pregnant goddess. Yes. The terminology that I I just don't care for it. it. I'm sure it's just like a weird me thing, but it's heavily pregnant. Why don't you like that? I think if you've ever been pregnant, <laughs> when you hear heavily pregnant, you feel that feeling. Right. Of what that actually feels like. Yes. And it's like heavy on your organs or something. I don't know. It causes like a a, a sensory issue for me. <laughs> yes. I but bet. Yeah. It is a good term. Yeah, it is. Okay. So she's about to give birth, but it isn't just like some random story. Mm-hmm. As we always say, it's actually because that's what the earth is about to do. Exactly. So the land is about to be ready to harvest. Things are blooming. Vegetables are growing. Animals are like the the livestock are about to give birth. Right. Cattle, for example, give birth right around this time. Yep. So that's why the imagery of the goddess does that. Yep. All right. So... There's lots and lots and lots and lots of rituals around this time of year. All of them have to do with protection. And that's because our ancestors really did understand how scary and precious and risky the process of giving birth is. And not just in the physical sense for the earth. Like think of the little things that can affect your harvest. And like our ancestors couldn't go to Whole Foods. They could not. They couldn't go to get oat milk every day like you do. (laughs) 
I'm always out of oat milk. It's just an inside joke. Every time Jamie's going somewhere, she's getting oat milk. I'm going to get oat milk. Like, where where are you going to get oat milk? That's literally the answer every time. Okay. So all of these rituals around around safe birth and protection of new life. Yes. And I definitely hear people get twisted the messaging of that. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just so that the things that are coming come the way they're meant to come. Right, like the little bunny that eats my strawberries. Yes. Like, you know, you like, I know that I have to protect the crop. Yes, right? exactly right. But the bunnies are so cute. They are super cute. Yeah. Okay. So this is, there's also a big focus here. And this is, I suppose, true for all the Sabbaths, but I think especially here at Midsummer of the next phase. Mm -hmm. Because think of like birth in the sense of like the next thing is going to happen. So mm -hmm. If you think about this in sort of a spiritual sense, you aren't really born once. No. You know what I mean? No. And, I, and I'm right. not even yes. talking about reincarnation. I'm talking about in the same <laughs> lifetime. There are many things that happen that cause you to have rebirth. Yes. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, so exactly. like if you start a new job, that's a rebirth. That's your, that's your being born again into right. a different phase of yourself. Of your life, right. When you do work on yourself, it, there's so many things. You become a mother, become a father. Yep. You know what I mean? Your kids become teenagers. How did we get here? That's, that's a rebirth yeah. for you, right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. New phase. There's also, I feel like this part doesn't get talked about enough. And interestingly, I think we should talk about it. Okay. There's a celebration of fatherhood and manhood at this time oh. because it's, it was very equally celebrated mm -hmm. the rituals of like of like manhood and like because remember masculine energy not gender wise but masculine right. energy is represented by the sun yes so this is when the sun is the most powerful right right mm -hmm. so it, there's a lot of like celebration of manhood and the power of manhood and that being celebrated alongside becoming a father and like birth happening for a woman right in modern day society, you can sort of hear that and be like, oh yeah, great. Let's celebrate, you know, men the for doing that. Right. right. But back, back in the day, yeah. this was different. And I think if you have sort of a well-balanced connection between male and female, right. Um, and again, I mean, energetic yep. male and female, not gender male and female, yep. then that there's room for that. Yeah. You know, this is also when we celebrate Father's I was Day. Say, right. So, this was celebrated. Men would do many things about being strong and virile, and this was like something that everyone was cheering. Cheering, right. It was about both men and women, mm -hmm. but it was like men, manhood, true manhood, not toxic masculinity, right. was definitely celebrated a lot at this time. Right. So um, one of my most favorite things to do at this time of year is to bury stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... What our ancient pagan ancestors would do would they would take whatever amulets they had mm -hmm. or the stone that they had been carrying in their pocket or whatever, whatever they had been using for protection or, or, or good fortune or whatever. Right. Here at the summer solstice, they would bury all of those mm -hmm. and get new ones. Yeah. Because it's rebirth. It's a brand yes. new energy. You don't want to keep taking that same energy. Right. I love that. I do too. I don't really think as a society we bury shit enough. No, only really when you die, right? Yeah. And then I don't know if you were this kid, but I was this kid. I was definitely like a forest witch kid. 
And like, I would love to be in the forest or the woods or Mm -hmm. even in like a weird part of someone's yard and dig up something. Yes. And I just think now of like how I hope as a kid, there was some part of me that was like protecting my energy against picking up the stuff people had buried. Oh yeah. But like, imagine if we actually taught like how to just like, like, yeah, leave leave someone's stuff there. Don't. Don't go through that. Yeah. But little kid me was like, what do we have here? And like forming collections of the things people had buried. So, and it, it really wasn't that uncommon for mm-hmm. people to bury stuff. No. So. Right. I think that's cool. And I think you should do it. Yeah. I mean, things that are nice for the earth. Obviously. Yes. Right. But yeah. to bury, I think that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, same. I mean, have you ever buried something you wanted to get rid of? Like the feeling of that is like. It's great. Ooh. Yeah. We've talked about this before. We I don't usually dig the hole. Matt does. Yeah, but I'll like put the... Matt! Yeah. <laughs> you know, old dog, man. <laughs> okay. Another symbol very much equated with this time of year is the God's eye. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So it's, it's actually um, a Native American talisman for protection is where it originates. I'm going to try to say... Okay. Version of it that they call it Ojo de Dios. Okay. That's as close as I can get. Um, and a lot of different Native American tribes, indigenous tribes, used this. Okay. But it's drawn mostly back to the Huchi, Hucholi tribe. Again, tribe, okay. I'm not good at pronouncing gotcha. that stuff. But then it was taken as a Christian craft. Okay. So I did this craft as a kid. I wanted to just show it to you to see if you had done it. And I can post a picture if you want. Oh no, I have I know I've seen it, but I never actually did it myself. I definitely did it in Sunday school. Okay. And then I also definitely did it for like school projects. Hmm. So I was like really curious like about this and I was because it has been taken and kidnapped as a Christian craft. That also looks like St. Bridget's cross a little bit too. It does look similar, yes. Yeah. Um and, and actually a lot of in, in pagan culture, a lot of them would take those crosses and do this to them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. To represent the next part of the year. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, okay, so it has been stolen. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally what I probably poorly pronounced translates to God's eye. Yeah. And Christians heard that and were like, oh, like the one God, our God, our not, God. So, not so the sun God. Yes. Right. Exactly. right. And right. then they took that and they have that being done. Right. And I remember loving doing that as mm-hmm. a kid. I mean, I didn't know I was doing something witchy, but some part of me must have loved it. Known. Right. Um, and like drawing those and just like loving the, the weird, easy weaving technique that Mm -hmm. you would use. So I got curious, like, is this, is this allowed? Oh, is it open or closed? Yes. So I did a little research into that and it's, there's some very mixed reviews about whether or not, if you are not of the native American culture and tribes that would use that, if you should use it. But this is what I, I gathered from most of my resources I think you should do what you think is right. Mm-hmm. But it said um, you can – don't wear it as a clothing. Like don't wear it on a shirt. Okay. Don't sell. Make them and sell them. Okay. But to use it for your own practice, for protection, like just in your own home, yep. and you're, then that's okay. Okay. So do what you will right. with that. I, I'm okay not doing it. Same. But if it's something you've always done, just putting it out there. Correct. The other big symbol of this time of year is fire, which is funny because I like literally say that because yeah. there fire was a huge, huge part of right. every ritual of every Sabbath of all of that stuff. Of course. 
Um, and for this one, for like midsummer, it was really focused on how fire is transformation. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like it burns, it cooks, it sheds light, it creates heat, like all of that stuff. And like how fire transforms things was a really huge thing. Mm -hmm. Many cultures lit bale fires on the eve of midsummer that mm -hmm. burned until the sunset on midsummer. So right. it was like the sun's whole time you would have your fire going. Burning. Yes. Yep. Always. One thing that I really, really love is that the cauldron was a big, big symbol here. Mm -hmm. Scotland especially was big on the cauldron for midsummer, okay. um, for the summer solstice. But like, it, think about it, the the cauldron symbolizes birth, death, and rebirth. Right. And this is the sun god being Birthing. reborn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I say this every time. I will continue to say it. People get squidgy about the story of the sun god being oh, born and reborn. I know. Yeah. It's symbolic. Yes. It, people are like, ew, it's the, he, you know, has sex with his mother and yeah. then he gets reborn and it's the cycle. We're just so literal. Like yeah. we are so, and and I'll, I'll go ahead and blame Christianity for that. Oh, it's 100% like, Christianity we're supposed to take, issue. Like yeah. these stories literally and then yeah. like live by them verbatim. And yeah. that's not how these stories were created. That's not no. how they were told. No. That's not what they were for. No. I mean, but even we're the Bible stories don't make sense if you try to do no, that. No, none of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, none of it makes sense. No, I agree. But like, <laughs> we're looking at it through the, and I, you say that every time. And then every time I say this, yeah. we're looking through it through the wrong lens. Yes. We're looking at these, this story, especially this one. Yes through this modern day lens of literalism and yeah. like, yeah, that's not what was happening. Absolutely. And I feel like this point is one we make a lot too, but like we used to see divinity in connection to our planet and how we were treating exactly. our planet and what our planet and our, was doing. And ourselves. Yes. And now our planet is like literally dying and people aren't seeing that. Connection, connection between what patriarchal religion has done right. and what, how it's reflected in the planet and all right. of that. So, and we were cut off from that. Like we saw divinity in ourselves uh -huh. and then we were taught to only see it as outside of us. Right. So take this, how you take someone's power. So now yeah. we don't know how to connect to ourselves. We don't know how yes. to connect to our planet that's dying. Yes. We don't want to connect to other people. See our episode on self-worth. If you would like to hear us rant more on taking away someone's power and divinity. Correct. That's what that is. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I also, I don't, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but I don't know if I've really explained this element. And I think it's, I think it's interesting mm -hmm. that Again, I'm talking about, I'm trying to separate gender from energy. Mm -hmm. And I know you've done like a really good job of like, like disclaiming that and, and talking about that. Right. So I forget what episode we talked about that in, but I don't remember either. So I'll say this. And then if you want to add in anything mm -hmm. or fix it, you absolutely please do. But masculine energy is energy that dies and is reborn all the time. That's what we always saw as masculine energy. Right. Feminine energy is evergreen. It doesn't ever die. It just constantly transforms and enters into different phases. And recycles. Yes. It's very cyclical. So that doesn't mean that like men actually die or masculine energy actually like goes away. Correct. It means it's like that part of it ends. Right. And a new part of it begins. 
but feminine energy does not do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're seeing represented in the story of the very pregnant goddess. And she goes through the mother, the maiden mother crone stages. And like, it's always the same woman just entering a new stage, Stage but it's the man is dying and then coming back and dying and coming back. But it's again, always the same man. Right. That's what's being shown here. And I really feel like if we could really think about that Mm -hmm. when we're operating in society Mm -hmm. and understand that a little bit better, that that would be so helpful. Yeah. And we also have both of those energies in us. Like, yes, no matter who you are, no matter your gender, no matter your sexual orientation. Yep. It doesn't matter. Like you have masculine and feminine energy in you. And there are some times that you use masculine energy and like, you're shooting energy out from you like a cannon and it, yes. and it goes off and it dies. Yes. Right. And then there's other times where you're using your energy where you're sending it out and then you're, it's coming back to you and then you're, you're bringing it in and processing. Yes. And then it's going back out again. Like we all do that it's regardless yes. of gender. I mean, I said in the other episode, I forget which one it was that we mm-hmm. talked about it, but I'm sure it was a soul, like a Sabbath episode, I but yeah. I don't remember, Yeah, but it was, you know, I, I almost would love if we could have a different name for it because like gender yeah. has been so yeah. like sort of it's, weaponized it's for white supremacy. Transformation right. right now yeah. too. So it makes yeah, sense. Like, yeah. Like gender has been weaponized for white supremacy. Absolutely. We didn't always think this way about gender. Right. Even within the last like hundred to 200 years, we didn't feel this way about gender. Yes. It's right. like, it's sort of like stark and binary as we feel about it now. Yes. You see in other cultures, like indigenous tribes that gender was not like yeah. what modern cultures have framed it to be. It's but, a performance is how yeah. how it's been taught to us now, really. Right, like these expectations. Yeah. Like these societal expectations are like, your gender is this, so you must do that. And yes. that's all breaking and being reformed, and we're watching that, and, and we're watching the resistance of that happening in front of us. But, yes. Um, but I'm just saying the terminology yeah. causes friction because we're feeling that crumbling. But re- call it whatever you want. Yes. There are these two energies that live inside yes. of all of us and they perform, they serve different purposes. Yes. Right? Exactly. And it would be great, to your point, if we knew what they were and why we were using them and yeah. how, how we could use them effectively. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And and just to add in, because I think it's important that the we see a lot of the gender stuff breaking down and and being transformed which is amazing it Mm -hmm. needs to be it's wonderful work and we see it in this very like um this like really big almost dramatic form of like somebody who maybe feels like they're non-binary or that they're they weren't born into the correct gender or or whatever we so we see it a lot like that Mm -hmm. and that's amazing and yeah and so needed But something that's also happening a lot is that you were taught to perform a gender in a way that didn't make sense to you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm a a decent example of this. Mm -hmm. Again, not in like the heroic way of other people, but like, I just mean it's a relatable experience for everyone where like, I remember always confusing people where they were like, okay, you're like, your appearance is girly. Mm-hmm. You like really girly things, but you're also like an athlete who likes to get dirty and play in the woods. And like, like, and sometimes I might want to look very girly and, and like I curled my hair and have a flower top on. And other times I mm-hmm. look 
more masculine and have my hair pulled back in like a founding father's ponytail and I'm just <laughs> being a forest wench. Like, right. and I couldn't, I never fit in any of those right. And no matter what I was doing, like if I was playing like, like a high level of softball, mm -hmm. I was, I was like made fun of for being so girly. And then when I would be doing really girly things like dancing, I would be made, made fun of for being too masculine. Right. And so even if you like see the stuff about uh, about like you know people talking about gender and, and that and that you don't relate to it in that sense i know there's a form of it you relate to well and i i relate because i'm the opposite yeah that people see me as being more mask and like yeah. wearing hoodies and yeah. t-shirts and chucks and yeah have my hair up in a point in a bun right. messy bun all the time and like but then when they get to know me they're like yeah. oh my god you're like so soft and like yeah. nurturing and right caring yeah and, yeah. Sweet. Right. And they didn't expect that. Of but it's me. like, why did you have an expectation to right. begin with? But like everything's a spectrum. So every, li literally everything yeah. is a spectrum. Right. So like even that has its own spectrum that like you see people fighting the, like the fight, like for trans equality and like yeah. literally like, but there's also these sort of that, that's one end of, that's one part of that spectrum. Right. right. And yes. this is like a smaller, more subtle version yes. of that. Yes. Like, plot on that spectrum is it yes. like no one's gonna be no what we're told we're quote-unquote supposed to be yeah and right? you know this certainly happens to men or people who are born into the male gender and are sort of raised that way where it's like you're expected to be you know like rugged or shoot a gun or punch people right. in the face or whatever mm -hmm. um which always cracks me up because i mean i was always the one that was going to punch someone in the face and i was like how is that gender related anyways like but so the men men suffer there certainly True. yes as a woman, I can say that this whole even idea that you're kind of born into where you have to be one thing, you can be, you, know, you can't be multifaceted, you know, mm. you can be the Madonna or the whore, you yep. can, like you, you cannot yeah. be, you uh, like just the term tomboy is ridiculous. Like yep. you can't be like the a one faceted, like right. you can't be more than that. And yep. so when you see this happening on this scale that seems maybe not relatable to you or bigger or something you don't fully grasp, right? my point is to just look at how that helps you on the smaller scale. Exactly. And you don't have to, like, you want to be girly and wear a dress one day and then, you know, m dress more masculine the next day, then that's exactly what you should fucking do. And, and that frees everybody. Yes. It, yes. It makes no sense that you have to perform the same way as your gender all right. the time. And, right. You know, it depends for me what I'm doing. Yeah. Like if I, if I'm going to do this, you know, this work thing, maybe I want to dress more like this. If I'm going to go do like, but we're just sort of taught that you have to be one thing. Yeah. And I just think when you look back at some of these ways that pagan culture saw masculine and feminine energy, it's, it's sort of like, Oh, they were, they were presenting it in this way that was energetic and that the, you were both of these things mm -hmm. and that you were expressing both of these things. Right. And here's an understanding of this energy instead of, Hey, performer gender to yeah. fit like a societal pick, pick one norm. And stick with it forever. Yeah. I mean, and that's a very capitalistic concept also. It's true. like true. choose a job, work it for 45 years yeah. and then die. <laughs> yeah, right. Or like choose a gender, be it forever. Yeah. Die. Like, yeah, work a job till you're super old and then retire and then then do fun stuff when exactly. you're like when you're really old. It's this it, that's a you can't give back to society anymore. Right. Those yeah. are very capitalistic concepts. Exactly. So I, I know that was a tangent, but I feel like it's an important one and Agreed. I, if I'm seeing 
pagan sabbats reflecting something that's going on in the world mm-hmm. we need to be talking about yeah, because absolutely. it's it's valuable information that we can use mm-hmm. okay i just wanted to also say that circles were a big deal yep protection circles ceremonies with circles i mean there's there's lots of theories about stonehenge which if you've listened you to the obsessing <laughs> and i have, I have been yes, yeah. um that it was actually created originally to celebrate the summer solstice that was the original right purpose of it um this was a big deal Mm -hmm. and the other thing that was a big deal is something that you love what a a parade or a procession i fucking love a parade i know and i was like that's a witchy thing because that's how we would celebrate these things is we would do processions through and parades yes absolutely love 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 and especially here at the summer solstice, mm-hmm. we were parading around. Love it. And we were wearing fancy clothes. And I don't think that we had floats, but we were riding animals around. We were doing fun fucking stuff and cheering for each other while we I was just going to say, like, what a great, like, moment for everyone to get a chance to, like, march through somewhere and, like, be, like, cheered for and applauded. Yes. And, like, I, I just love it. Yes. All I mean, that energy. Everyone's yes. excited. Yeah. Like, you can I love feel how- it. Heightened your energy gets at just the mention of a parade. I love it. I love it. I'm all like I'm always verklempt. I'm always You're getting like, verklempt right now. <laughs> I love it. I know. It's awesome. So alright, we're gonna let Jamie pull herself together after <laughs> thinking about a parade for a minute. We'll take a quick break and we'll come right back. We'll be right back after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki, so I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. You know what goes great with podcast listening? A great cup of coffee from a great coffee shop. Yep. Beans roasted in-house, amazing baristas. You know where I'm talking about. Restoration coffee. Can we go? Yes, I need an Americano and maybe a panini too. Ooh, I need blueberry maple latte and probably a resto bowl. Yeah, check them out and visit restoration-coffee.com. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right, Heather, we're obsessed with summer break. Oh, yeah. I mean, and this is the summer solstice episode, so it's fitting, but just for everybody, for our listeners, our regular listeners, this will be our last episode of this season. We're going to take our summer break that we always take. We will play revisits for you. Yes. Which are chosen intuitively. Like what I think either you missed or need mm-hmm. to hear again. There are many of our episodes that you need to listen to more than once. Yeah. We have a lot of people who 
I'm, I'm always, you know, the Debbie Downer who's like, no one's going to listen to this again. <laughs> and then people will message us on Instagram and be like, oh my God, I just listened to this episode again for the third mm-hmm. time. And I just, I just mm-hmm. picked up so much more mm-hmm. that I didn't hear. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Yes. We're not just randomly choosing episodes though. No, no. Mm-hmm. I did start a spreadsheet. Of course you did. That has like when they were played and if they were played again. Okay. Because I sometimes I feel like, well, I keep, I've replayed this one twice, but this one hasn't been replayed again. But that's what happens when you choose things intuitively. intuitively. There could be overlaps, um, right? So there is a spreadsheet. Okay. But if people want to make requests for the revisits, please do. True. Um, I just got a request this morning for an episode topic, so we're still saving them. Right. I mean, we take the summer off a little bit. It's a lot of work to do a podcast. It's certainly. It's certainly for you. You do all the editing. It's a lot of work for you, too. And then... But we still in the summer, like, work on stuff. Like, how yeah. do we get to the next level? Like, what are we going to do next season? Like, right. so we're still doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but I hope that you feel like you can still listen to the revisits and send us feedback because... Definitely. And if you if, if you get ideas for things that you want to talk about, yeah, message us. Like, right. things will happen in, you know, pop culture or in society. And yes. people will DM us and be like... Please, do. Please tell me you're talking about this. Yes. I mean, we're still monitoring social media and our emails yeah. and all of that fun stuff. So, yeah. But I just – I also think it's a good point to, like, remind everyone that, like, you're allowed to take a break. Correct. Like, I don't Correct. think there's anything that I do in my life that I like doing more than the podcast. Agreed. This is my passion. I love it. I think about Same. it all the time. It's Same. the best thing ever. And I want it to always be. Exactly. And if you don't take a break, the things you love don't feel as, like, you don't have as much desire going into them. You don't do as good of a job. You're just, like, going through the motions. And I don't ever want to just go through the motions here. I agree. And I think I think to your point, like, you spend a lot of time researching mm-hmm. and then you do all the editing and that mm-hmm. now includes all the, the YouTube mm-hmm. stuff and the clips and the mm-hmm. TikToks and that's a ton of work. I... I do a lot of driving to get here. Yes. <laughs> you do a ton of driving to get, and not always the greatest of conditions. No. And so like during, like during the school year, that's, it's a lot of time to do that. So like that, regardless of how much we love this, yeah. sometimes it gets tiring. It does get Your tiring. Your body needs a break. And you take a little break. Right. And then by the time it's time for us to come back, you and I are both like ready, ready to go. Ready. We're so excited. We right. have fresh new ideas. We're like, right. we're on it. And that's what I always want to bring. Right. And it's never not, it's never like, oh, I just, I don't think I could do another episode. No. It's like, I don't know if I could do the drive again. Or yes. you're like, I don't know if I could like edit another session without killing yes. someone. You know, the hardest part for me, this is really, really silly, is editing the videos of us. Because yes. it's like, like when you're doing the audio. Yeah. Okay. I've got, I've listened to our voices long enough that like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. But when you have to stare at yourself <laughs> on the camera. No, thank you. And like. You right. have to have it blown up big and you have to like listen for everything and then you have to create clips of it. And you, like, it is like such an exercise in like Jeez. learning to love yourself. <laughs> exactly. It's Yeah, exactly. It's hard yeah. and it's, it becomes a thing where by the time the episode comes out, I'm like mouthing the words along with us. Like you would memorize. Yes. Right. But like, I still listen to our episodes yeah. like 
like someone who hasn't been there. Like mm-hmm. I, I still love it. And I, so the point being that like, whatever it is that you love, if you feel like you, like it would be wrong to take a break from it or no. like you shouldn't, or like people won't, you know, still tune in if you do, like, I just want you to know, like, that's not true. It's so much more based on the energy that you bring. And I think our listeners know how much at, like energy we bring in and yeah. how much we love this and how important this is to us. And you just have to protect that by taking a break, even if it's, you know, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a whatever, like if you need a moment, take Take the moment, take the moment, take the moment. Okay. So we're going to take the moment. We'll see you in September and we'll see you in September, but we're still be responding. Jamie also responds to like all the messages. So keep sending them. It takes me a while sometimes, but I get there. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the gathering of herbs Yes. It's a really big deal at this time mm-hmm. of year. It still is. I mean, I know that's what's like popping in my garden already. Right. And that's what everyone, like, that's what you see on social media is everyone's like, oh, I'm starting my my herb garden. Yes. Love it. So this was both for medicinal and cooking purposes mm-hmm. that you would get the herbs also for different rituals and things like that. Um I love this idea. And I, I actually tried to go on to Etsy to get this like to order these for you and I oh. which is really funny that I would order it because I would then probably just have Matt use it but like you would actually use it but <laughs> people would use these special magic with a K knives to cut their herbs and oh. they were called bolines spelled a couple of different ways but b-o-l-l-e-e-n-s okay bolines mm, um and yeah. they were special knives and had they had they had a white handle and they were curved huh I could not find them. I literally tried for longer than I care to admit to find these. And I, I saw like different things that looked like, like them. them. Mm-hmm. But the idea was that like, this was a really special energetic moment. So when you were cutting your herbs at summer solstice, you would use these very specific huh. knives. That's cool. I really do think we have lost an important thing of like, when you're doing stuff, being really mindful of what you're doing. And like, this is a great example of mindfulness. All right, being intentional. Yeah, like even right? if you're hearing that and you're like, oh, you have to use a magic knife, Heather. <laughs> you're hearing it wrong. Correct. If you pick up the knife mm-hmm. that you use to cut herbs at summer solstice to use for medicinal purposes, for the food you're cooking for your family, for a ritual that you're going to do, mm-hmm. You have become very present when you do that and very intentional when you do that. Mm-hmm. That's what it's doing. Well, and also, like, if you're going to be that guy and be critical about it, yeah, there's actually science that backs that up. Yes! Like, you know, we've all seen, if you're, if you're at all even on the fringes of, like, intuitive, spiritual, wellness, whatever, mm-hmm. on social media, yep. you've seen the experiment with the Japanese doctor who, like... T- talks badly to the rice yes and is nice to the rice or whatever it is there's like a million variations of it mm-hmm. you can do it with plants i was gonna say i've seen <clears> it a lot with plants yeah you can do it with bread with food they've done it like on literal just like petri dishes mm-hmm. and that's like what i teach in my reiki classes mm-hmm. is that like if you it's scientifically proven yep that if you have like a like bad energy Yes. Or bad intent. Yes. That transfers to whatever you're sending it to. Yes. And even so, even and as, the, you can say the opposite that like if you have good energy, if you have 
if you have hopeful energy and positive energy towards your crops or your herbs, yes, it goes to it. I mean, there are people who will like poo poo this, but then they'll talk about their practice of visualization. And I'm like, exactly. That's the same same fucking thing, thing. Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, not that he, he's, he's not the naysayer of that. He, no, that's no. what he does. Yes. He's the goat. Apparently. Yes. Like, yes. He's all the greatest professional athletes do that. And all he talks about is his visualization practice. Yeah. It's, it's, it gets me. I know. Upset. Because it's okay. Yes. Like that's one, that's one of those things. I always say there's like, there's like a couple things mm-hmm. that people can cherry pick yeah. from, from this right side of the world, this side right. of the internet, right? right? Like, you know, like guided sleep meditations. Right. Those are okay. Visualizations right. are okay. Hypnosis to quit smoking. That's okay. Yeah. Meditation, like a little bit. That's okay. What are you okay. using it for? Are right. you going to download a message? Ugh. Are that's you just trying to okay. find inner peace? Okay. Like, right. What are these lines that have been drawn? Exactly. And erase them all. They're stupid Please. and I hate them. Right. I mean, even something as simple as if you bring the energy of expectation to something versus if you bring the energy of intention to something has a massive impact on what happens and how you feel. Correct. Massive. Correct. So like to think that it's silly to use a special knife right. is crazy. Now it's not the knife. It's not the knife, right? This, which is why I ended up ending my search after well, because, like half an hour. Right, because you could literally just go to your kitchen, yeah, choose, choose a knife, knife, yeah, let that be the herb cutting knife, and it would be just as effective yes. as you buying one on Etsy. Just as effective, but it's fun to it's get. It's so like that. fun. It's I was fun like, oh my god, like I'll, get, I'll get Jamie a knife, yeah. and she'll be like, why have you given me a knife? And to stab somebody with it. I mean, <laughs> if they deserve a it. Nazi, the patriarchy, yeah. Bill Gothard. I mean. You know, we could keep going, but we'll stop here. <laughs> we can't name all the other people we want to stab yeah. on the podcast. Energetically. Stab. Yeah. <laughs> it could be legal action. Okay. Another thing that I thought was really cool is that when you cut herbs, mm-hmm. oftentimes you'll see, and I still see people do this, you put them on a cloth. Yes. And our ancestors would do that because... Once you cut an herb, it's not supposed to touch the ground again. Okay. And this was really, really important in like literally a, every pagan culture. Like I was like, I bet everyone did this. Boom. I'm right. Like everywhere. Right. It doesn't matter what hemisphere, where right. all the cultures had this thing. So the reason for that is once and you pick an herb, you're taking the energy, right? But once you put it on the ground, the earth absorbs the energy back. back. Interesting. Right. So nothing bad has happened no. to it, but whatever energetic properties you were going to take from that or whatever medicinal properties, it's they would believe that it would go back into the earth. Gotcha. So you kind of just like... Neutralized it. Yeah. Yep. You couldn't use the three-second rule or two-second rule. Like you, right. it was just right. back. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, just think of how much more aware of like the earth's energy and like what was happening when you touch the ground and things touch the ground our mm-hmm. ancestors were. Yes. And for right. the better, I think. Yes. Okay. I thought I would just read a few of the herb meanings. Okay. Because this is what... This kind of goes into what we were talking about before where like people cherry pick what was okay from pagan culture and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. I know some of the evangelical Christians are like going to the herbs for certain things. And it's right. it's it's like when people blow out a candle but like call other things witchcraft like yeah, on their exactly. birthday. And I'm right. like, what are you doing? Right. You're yeah. doing witchcraft. Exactly. That's what you're doing. <laughs> but all the cultures agreed right. that energetically these were the things with – very slight differences mm-hmm. that these 
herbs and these plants had these properties. Mm-hmm. So, like, how can you argue it? We still believe it now. You still well, and now you true. have the science to back it up. Exactly. They do whatever they do. Yes. Okay. So, alfalfa. I love those little sprouts. Yes. Um, prosperity, fertility, strengthens cardiac muscles. Ooh. Okay. This is, again, this isn't like modern knowledge. This is what our pagan ancestors knew. Right. Just so you know. This isn't no, right. like, oh, let's add in what we now know. No, right. They were like, oh, you have cardiac issues? Let me go get you some alfalfa sprouts. Yeah. Like, holy cow. Yeah. Okay. Apples were love magic, divination, goddess symbols, fertility. Um, helps prevent certain types of cancers. Like, again, they weren't calling it cancer. No, right. This is what right. they were doing, okay? Right. Basil for protection, used to purify circles as a tea for female health and killing intestinal parasites. Catnip um, to promote sleep, uh, love spells. Cinnamon for protection and abundance, as we have said before. Yeah. Helps prevent infection, purification. Garlic, um, protection, healing, exorcism. Not the Christian exorcism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Blood circulation, blood pressure. Holly was protection for children. Uh, Lilac was past life work. Um, And it it goes on and on. Peppermint aids digestion. I mean, so if you are an essential oil girly. I was literally just going to say that. And you are against witchcraft. I know. I see you out there. Oh, I was going to say something else. Well, yeah, oh, okay. that, yeah. You're like, oh, but I'm, I'm super only into the Christian version of it. No, you're not. Well. I can't wait for what you're going to say because I can see your face. Okay, Well, because, because Christianity, I mean, the, a lot of those MLMs are laced, heavily laced yeah. with Christianity. Yes, ma'am. So that's a really excellent point. Yeah. That, like, this is sort of like you're you're finding a loophole yes through this by or or you're gaslighting yourself about it (laughs) but i was i was gonna say about essential oils is that like i won't have any part of an mlm like like selling i won't do that anymore like i same but i won't but i won't turn i wouldn't turn my back on the oils themselves no because that's because they were knowledge also they our ancestors were. were using them right and they work because they're plants Exactly. So you can use herbs. You can use oils. You can use both. You can do whatever you feel like. I use both. I use kind of intuitive them. Make teas. Yes. Yes. All of that. All of that. Okay. Mistletoe was a big deal Mm -hmm. um, at this time of year, and it really only gets like a highlight at you know Christmas. Yeah. But it was also um, a big thing for midsummer. And I found evidence of it. I mean, I think it was everywhere, but I could find specific evidence of it with the Celts, Italy, France, and Japan. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, like, very cool. What they would do is use it for a healing ritual and particularly spells to, this is the quote, open locks on the mind. Is, Is mistletoe like a psychedelic thing? Doesn't it sound like they were doing psychedelic trippy stuff at midsummer? Yes. I mean, it would make sense. Yes. But how often do you hear about mistletoe? Just for making out at Christmas time. <laughs> Just to like sexually harass a woman. Oh, yeah. To force them into kissing you. I would rather use it to unlock my mind. Agreed. <laughs> Maybe I'll use it to unlock other people's minds too. Mm. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. Lavender is big at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, very connected to love magic. We have mm-hmm. an episode on spells if you would like to go True. listen to that where you can yeah. hear more about this. But 
lavender is, it was always thought to be, I believe it's been proven now to be an aphrodisiac. Mm -hmm. So this time of year, it's not as like sexy of a time of some of the other Sabbaths because it's like more about birth, but it's still definitely like a, a sexy time. Yeah. I mean, and it, I, it wasn't even like it has to be sex between a man and a woman. No. That was never Mm-mm. the thing. That was symbolic of the energy like right. we've talked about. Right. But just like this is celebration. Mm-hmm. And sex in pagan times was considered how you celebrate. Correct. It's con- it's considered other things now, I suppose. Right. But like mm, it, it used to be something different. So I think if you think of it that way, it's a little bit easier. And I do think that we still have some of that in, as like – the summertime mm-hmm. is like when you're off from school. Yes. Like you're more likely to go on a vacation. You go to the beach. Like there, there is more like celebration and like right. relaxing. Right. In this season. Yes. And there, that was always true. Even in pagan times mm-hmm. with like the schooling that they would do. Right. They would not do it in the summer. Right. I mean, we talked in the obsessed segment about taking that summer taking off. Like, we're trying to align with the energy here. Right. This was always a thing. Yeah. Um, but around this time of year, it was burned in the fires, um, used at hand fasting ceremonies which many of them happened in june Mm -hmm. for the reason that people were often able to celebrate and also that may was considered the month of like marriage of the god and the goddess so it was considered bad luck to get married married right at that time so you would wait till june right that was like the respectful thing for it to be blessed by Mm -hmm. them um so again you can use it as an herb or an oil or both we have an episode again on spells where we talked about love jars, but oh, this yeah. would be a great time of year to, to make like a, a spell jar and do a, like a love spell using lavender. Yep. I would highly recommend. Perfect. Also, it just smells really oh, good. I know. Yeah. Oof, love it. I walked by somebody yesterday in the city and they had lavender on and I mm. literally went, mm. you smell good. Yes. Yeah. Love, love, love. Um, Blueprinting foliage was a big thing at mm-hmm. this time of year, and it was oh, yeah. very encouraged for children, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do a version of this as a kid. Me too. Um, but there, are, I mean, you can look up how to actually do the official pagan style blueprinting. It had to do with like a little glass jar and some like I think it was like pneumonia or something onto mm-hmm. the plants, and then you put them in the shade and then into the sun and whatever. Yeah. So that's a whole thing. That's what they would do. But also just collecting them and like smooshing them in a book, yeah. pressing them, yeah, tracing pressing. them, anything like mm-hmm. that. So I did that all the time as a kid. Same. I would collect them and press them and trace them and put them in. I remember my grandmother giving me saran wrap. Yes. Like pressing them in saran wrap and putting them in a book. Like pressing them with the books and yeah. then put them in a book and have the print. Yeah. yeah. I would do that. A lot. Yeah. I loved that kind of stuff. So I just I love that there's still enough of that energetically connected to our humanness that yeah. like no one told you to do that. Right. But you naturally had this instinct to go do that. Right. Like I I, I, I love agree. That. Yeah, so cool. I really love that. Uh magic walking sticks Ooh. was big at this time of year. Now <laughs> I think they're big all the time, but like anytime you see like a wizard with a staff or whatever, like this is what this is. And again, this is magic with a K. So walking sticks or staffs, like it's the same thing as a magic wand, but 
we weren't like waving them to do spells ever. Like that wasn't the thing. No. I mean, I love that in like Harry Potter. Like right. very I mean, cool. Like yeah. bippity boppity boo. Like love it. Right. But that's not what we were doing with them. No. With the staffs especially, you were like calling in energy. Like you were literally connecting to the earth every time you took a step. Right. You were also doing that whole thing that we talk about with like that binaur- binaural stimulation. Yes. Right. Yes. Like yes. you were using it for that. Yes. <laughs> it was a way to call in protection, call in the energy of the earth up into your body as you mm-hmm. were walking. This was like very symbolic. And like you would go and you would find your stick and then you would use it for your walk. And then when you were done with it, you would probably burn it in the fire. And like, again, how often as a kid, or even now I still do this, did you find a stick right. to walk around with? All the time. Yes, you know to do this. You are grounding your energy. You know what to do instinctually. I can't believe that you haven't brought this up to harass me about it. <laughs> about me last week, Marco Poloing you with my, my PVC. <laughs> we marched in the Pride Parade. Yes, with your staff. School, yes. And I, I had to bring like the PVC pipe yeah. to put the school banner on. Yeah. And so I Marco Poloed Heather. With me, with like, I was calling it my Gandalf staff. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was probably like was really eight or nine feet tall. Yeah. But I was walking through Boston with yes. the staff. Yes. Like, walking. Yes. I was like, I'm so powerful. Yeah. I'm, march- I'm marching through Boston. I feel like when you hold something like that, it just changes your posture. It changes. Yes. Right. Something powerful happens to yeah. you when you're doing that. <laughs> Plus, you also are like, I could just hit I anyone. Could smash with anybody with this thing. I'm so right. protected and powerful right yep. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't reveal the things you say on a Marco Polo unless I get previous permission. So I wouldn't have. But yes, that's what that is. Again, if, if you – I still like that. Like if I'm in the woods, I'm like, where's my stick? Yeah, exactly. My husband and kids do that all the time. Yeah, that's in human instinct. Mm-hmm. I love that you can't stamp this out of us. You no, can try, yeah. but it's still there. As long as they're still in earth yeah, that we can connect to and be in – yeah. We'll, we'll remember those things. Exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. I also just want to tell our ancestors, like I, I had this idea in my head about like writing something about this. So maybe I will, but like, mm. I just want to like beam energy backwards to them to be like, we still remember. Yes. Like we, we got the message still through the fairy one. tales. Right. Like we still grab the sticks. We still know this, like right. the information, like it didn't die. We're still using the plants. Yes, exactly. Right. Like how they must have like struggled and died for passing this information on. And it's like, literally like, Hey, we're, we're talking about it. We, right. we made it's a still podcast. Here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's yeah. a great point. All right. Faye were considered extra powerful at this time. That makes sense. Because the sun is very powerful. And so like whatever the sun was doing was very connected to what like the Faye would then be doing. Right. Okay. I know it sounds like when I say fire is an important part of every Sabbath, the Faye are too, but it's very true. Yeah. I have a side like theory that I was discussing with my husband the other day and I just want to say it to you what so there's been this always happens at this time of year where all of a sudden everyone wants to talk about like the Loch Ness monster remember like I don't know if you saw but like the levels dipped in the Loch Ness lake and so then people were seeing the monster and then also people start talking about like Bigfoot Bigfoot. and Sasquatches and stuff at this time of year this is Faye right that tracks Give me something more fae than like, mm-hmm. here's all this stuff. You guys can see it, but you'll never, you'll never find know what actual it is. evidence because they shapeshift out of it. That's a great point. They're fucking with us with this yeah. stuff, right? Just for their own fun. Yeah, and they're just, they're more active this time of year. And we're talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. remember how we talked about in one of the, I think the episode about the fae, mm-hmm. about how all of a sudden the stories, like everyone's writing about them and like they're doing that on purpose. Right. That's this. Right. 
That makes sense. You're making us talk about them. Right. Okay. Anyways. Okay. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I do agree. Because I was telling my husband, he was trying his best to be like into the conversation, but he's like, <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. Did you ever watch the show with the Sasquatches? The people who hunted them. Oh yes, I actually like Bobo Harry and the Hendersons. No, oh, that's the movie. No, this was like a reality show. I don't. I think it was on the History no. Channel. No. Okay. Ever. You are obsessed with Alone now, so you don't get to make judgy faces when I tell you to watch weird shows. So these people, I can't remember the name of the show. It was like Bigfoot Hunters or something like that. And so they would travel to all these different places and they would look for and they would hunt them and they had these calls for them. And like they would hold these like town hall meetings where people would like tell them their sightings and things. It, Is this on TLC? I think it was History Channel. I don't think it's still on, but I'm okay. sure you could find clips of it. Maybe we'll post one. <laughs> okay. The thing that was my favorite is that and like I liked this show, so I'm not I'm not trying to insult it. I kind of am, but like <laughs> bear with me. Was that it was clear that the way it was filmed and the crew and the producers and all of that thought it was ridiculous. Right. But the the three hunters it was so, so serious. serious to them. And it just created this odd dynamic and then like they would hold these town hall meetings and like something would happen to all the people at the meeting where they all would say that they saw stuff and like there's all these it was like story after story after it, it's fucking <laughs> wild the show and then they would like there's this one guy bobo who is a sasquatch i will like look up a picture of him. i'll show you and i'll be like this is a fae again trying to punk us right like right this Whatever. You need to just watch an episode of the show because it's fucking magical. Yeah. You have to. I'm insisting. And you're saying this is part of like the Fae uprising. Yeah. And like I would watch that show and be like, we are obviously being punked by something here. This is way smarter than human beings. And so like it's going to be Fae, right? Right. Okay. Well, just show yourself. So that's my that's my alien theory. <laughs> you did say this the other day. Like we've been waiting long enough. But you were in like a rant about I was the world. in a rage yeah. about But it. I really enjoyed this part. It's, tell the people what you said. Well, it's like now I there's this um, don't you feel like there are all these like surges of um like news reports. Like yeah. real like real news channels. Right. Where like, hey, we have like, evidence oh, of yeah, aliens. There's now like evidence of aliens. There's been these sightings and Yeah. Enough already. Just 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 do it. You just want the aliens to take just over. Show yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. show yourselves. Like yeah. It's been going on for so long and yeah. the world is so on fire. Yeah. That we're all just like, fine, aliens. Like I like we're not even we're not even scared anymore. Yeah. We're like we're like we're just right, scared hey, of the humans. The up? humans here are far scarier right, like than aliens or Sasquatches or Fae or whatever. And right. no respect to the fit disrespect to the No, fae. like no let's go. Like, like let's go. <laughs> let's go. I like this tangent a lot. Oi. Um Dancing around the mulberry bush. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard the nursery rhyme. Um, this was done at midsummer and on Yule to mm -hmm. protect your energy from the fae. Gotcha. That so makes sense. if you're if you're reciting that little rhyme or whatever, that's what the kids were doing to prepare themselves. So like, it also goes into like washing your face, brushing your hair. Mm -hmm. You're getting ready for midsummer, mm. and the, one of the first things you're doing is protecting, protecting yourself from yourself. the fae. Cool. Yeah, I say we we should do more like of this. That. Yeah. yeah. Okay. People would um, leave offerings of food out for the fae. Mm -hmm. I still recommend you do this. My oldest son does this because the fae love him. He's he loves 
fey energy and he's mm-hmm. too curious so he pulls it in i've yelled at your daughter for doing that too mm-hmm. so he he'll leave like a little candy out for them or something yeah outside yes outside mm-hmm. absolutely or outside of your room if they're in your room and yeah, then the next day out, you do it outside, outside the, the house door. yeah right. exactly um one of the most popular things at midsummer to do for the fey would be to take your bread break off a piece of your bread and leave it for the fey okay does that sound familiar? Like bread breaking? Someone it's took that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Body of Christ. <laughs> the thing is here, if you do something with intention, that's all you need to do. If you're exactly. eating bread and you take a little piece off, they throw it outside for the fae, but you're you're doing intent like intentionally doing that, you're mm-hmm. good. Right. You're good. Yep. You don't need to leave out like a whole handmade loaf of bread. Correct. But also don't just be like, eh, for the fae and throw it. Like actually put some intention right. into it. Because if they read something as disrespect, it's worse than if you even yep. did nothing. So Agreed. Just saying. Okay. I like this. There was an ancient Russian pagan tradition. Mm-hmm. No, obviously it wasn't called Russia at the time, but in the area that is now Russia. Good point. Good point. To never scold children who spill milk. Because milk was seen as something that was an offering to the Fae. Now think about how important milk was back then. Right. Okay. So you would spill a little for the Fae. It yeah. reminds me of like pouring Pour some milk for the homies. homies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that where it came from? I don't know, but it could have. Um, anyways, they would if the ch- child spilled milk, they wouldn't scold them because they would be afraid the fae would see that as disrespect. So like why you we don't didn't cry, cry over spilled milk. Yes, so we didn't we didn't want them to think that it wasn't like intentional. Right. So if, if a child spilled milk, they would oh. yell at them and they would just say that's just for the fae. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. So just be careful if you spill your oat milk that you went to the store for every day. No. I mean, you would Protect never. It. I don't no. think you would give that to the Fae, but <laughs> maybe they're taking it. That's why you need so much. Maybe. Okay. Um, oh, I love this. The traveling stones thing. Hmm. I don't think I've talked about this before, but I certainly have in my real life. I know you and I went to a thing about like a talk about Native American culture. Oh, and they right. They would use these, these rocks for this too. I mean, I did win a book. You did. You yeah, always win. I do always win. Okay, anyways. If there's a drawing and someone's name is going to be pulled... It's going to be Heather's. It's going to be mine. It didn't help that both you and your daughter put my name in for your <laughs> tickets. do that. But still. I okay. did do that. Okay. Uh, anyways, I have an autographed copy of the book. Yeah. Um, what you would do when you would travel around midsummer, and mm-hmm. this wasn't only for midsummer, but it was certainly more at this time, is that as you were leaving one area, you would pick up a stone. Mm-hmm. And every time you'd stop somewhere to rest, you would leave that stone and you'd grab another one. Interesting. And people would make these little piles of stones. Right. And it was sort of like you could see how many people had I gone. It was sort of like a communal. Because right. think about how probably scary and lonely traveling the world was. was. And so yeah. it was like this this connection, but it was mm-hmm. also for protection that you would do this with the stones. Yep. I think we need to bring that back. I love that idea. I know. I do like that a lot. Mm. I mean, I know people go out into the woods and they build those stone things, but people say not to do those. Yes. Yes. But that's like too much of that. Like that's too, it's, you're doing, it's too much. Yes. But like if you just leave one and then take another one with you, like. Or like there's one that like everyone's adding to. Like, right. Like a pile. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Prophetic dreams were a huge thing around midsummer. Um, and like again every culture was all about the prophetic dreams many even made dream pillows which would use either mugwort 
lavender or lemongrass, or you can use all of them. Mm. You can now, you don't have to make a special pillow to lay on with the stuff in it. You could just do oils or you could put like the herbs spray, right? or a spray, you could put the herbs under your pillow yep. um, to help encourage the prophetic dreams. Mm -hmm. But again, remember, this is a time of transformation. This is a rebirth. This is like you becoming a new version of yourself. Big shit's going to happen around the summer solstice. It always fucking does. Right. And you're like, why is my life ending? It's like, oh, I'm being reborn in a new way. That's, right. That's a good time. And then you would process that through dreams. You would get, yeah, messages of like, right. oh, this is this is what this means. This is what I'm right. feeling. This is what my intuition is saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're having the wacky dreams, yep. you're like me and suddenly there's seven bunnies in your yard. Oh, yeah. You gotta pay attention cool. to that shit, especially when it's right around the summer solstice. True, true, yes. true. Okay. Remember the oak and holly king from Yule? Yeah. They fight again here at oh. midsummer. They okay. fight at Yule and midsummer. These are considered like the opposite ends of the the wheel. wheel. Yeah. Um, and this time the oak king wins, um, and that starts the waning year. Perfect. Okay. So remember, everything's waxing and waning. Yep. Again, the longest day of the year is the end of the waxing year. That's what we're waxing to. Same as if we're like going to the full moon and then mm -hmm. it starts over again. It's that same energy with the sun. Yep. We just don't always think of it like that. Yep. Also, a robin is the symbol of the oak king. Oh. So if you see a lot of robins around this time of year, that's that's some oak king energy. Interesting. Yes. Yes. And then the very last thing I have for you yes. is that it was also a big deal to do a parade or a procession to a well oh because wells represented the birth canal they exactly. symbolized that the transition very much like a cauldron right from <clears throat> one part of life cauldron birth to the well. life death rebirth right to um right to the next so they would like literally proceed now most of the ancient pagan wells have been destroyed there mm -hmm. are a few left in the world that you can go find if you want but I would just say go to like a body of water yeah. or like do something ritualistic, even yep. if you just make your own cauldron or something mm -hmm. um, and just like go there and like feel that connection, that energy. Yeah, I love that. I say we do that, but we go get coffee first Always. and then we proceed. Let's do it. Okay, let's go. Hey everyone, Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.